Is this thing on? Okay. Time to join the Coffee and Carving Podcast, episode number 26. Oh my goodness. Wow. Now turn in your hymnal to uh, hymn number 26. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. 26. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for what I'm about to do to you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I laughing? I don't even know what it is. I don't know. So the, oh my goodness, this is going to be good. So there was this man in Bulgaria who drove trains for a living. He loved his job. Driving a train had been his dream ever since he was a child. He loved to make the train go as fast as possible. Unfortunately, one day he was a little too reckless and caused a crash. He made it out, but a single person had died. Well, needless to say, he went to court over this incident. And he was found guilty and was sentenced to death by electrocution. Hmm. When the day of the execution came, he requested a single banana as his last meal. After eating the banana, he was strapped into the electric chair. The switch was flown. The switch was flown. Sparks flew. Smoke filled the air, but nothing happened. The man was perfectly fine. Well, at the time, there was an old Bulgarian law that said. A failed execution was a sign of divine intervention, so the man was allowed to go free. Somehow, he managed to get his old job back driving the train. Having not learned his lesson at all, he went right back to driving the train with reckless abandon. Once again, he caused the train to crash, this time killing two people. The trial went much the same as the first, resulting in a sentence of execution. For his final meal... The man requested two bananas. After eating the bananas, he was strapped into the electric chair. The switch was thrown. Sparks flew. Smoke filled the room. But the man once again was unharmed. Well, this, of course, meant that he was allowed to go free. And once again, once again, he somehow managed to get his old job back. To what should have been the surprise to no one, he crashed yet another train and this time killing three people. And so he once again found himself being sentenced to death. On the day of his execution, he requested his final meal. You know what that is? Three bananas, right? Has to three be. bananas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, said the executioner. I've had it with you and your stupid bananas and walking out of here unharmed. I'm not giving you a thing to eat. We're strapping you in and doing this now. Well, it was against protocol, but the man was strapped into the electric chair without a last meal. The switch was pulled, sparks flew, smoke filled the room, and the man was still unharmed. The executioner was speechless. The man then looked at the executioner and said, Oh, don't worry. The bananas had nothing to do with it. I'm just a bad conductor. Oh, (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh man 
That was mysterious. That was just a bad conductor. How do you like that? that How do you like them bananas? <laughs> that was, man, that really special. Really special. It's very, very reminiscent of a long Norm McDonald joke. Exactly what I was thinking. You see, the, I think the thing was it, it threw you off because you're thinking about the bananas. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Perfect. It's just a just a diversion. That was pretty. So. That was that was the most advanced of the of the ones we've had so far. No more. No more knock knock jokes here. Yeah. This is uh, this is quality entertainment now. That's right. We have standards, folks. Okay. Oh, he's got Canada Dry. I'm drinking Canada Dry ginger ale. What do you got going on? Anything? I've got stale coffee. Old coffee that's cold. <laughs> Yum. Well, that said, our coffee hero of the week is Peter. Thanks, Peter, for uh, hitting that buy us a coffee uh, button. Yeah. You've uh, just uh, given Alex a nice, cold, disgusting coffee. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. We appreciate the, all those who uh, buy us a coffee each week. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. What have you been up to? Well, this week, I got a call from my girlfriend saying that she threw up. And I was immediately thinking, oh, no, anytime anyone gets sick now, you think hopefully it's not COVID. But what's odd is my dad, my good buddy who's over our house, my friend Gabe um, and Annalise, all within a few days of each other have thrown up. And the weirdest part is they're only sick for one day. So I don't know what's going around going around right now, but. I too, about two days ago, had some really serious stomach pain that went away within hours. So anyway, so I'm usually ultra paranoid about getting sick, but I decided to go see her anyway. And uh, she was, she seemed pretty fine. Uh, it was just a day after she had thrown up. So we spent time together and uh, that's a big deal for me again, because I, I'm germ phobic. I can't stand germs. Oh, are you? Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, I was going to ask if they were uh, sick just in, when you were around them or, you know, or if you had uh, been looking in the mirror, <laughs> uh, it. if all the people in your life throw up when you come near them, then it, it's I, not them. It's, it's you. <laughs> how dare you? You know what? I wasn't oh. present for one of them. So the other four, so maybe there is something. Anyway, I, uh, all I know, all I know is that I haven't thrown up yet. And uh, who knows? I guess it remains to be seen. I probably will throw up during the podcast at that rate for saying that. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty, uh, pretty chill around here. I've been mostly preparing for a series of classes and uh I'm excited to meet up with a few friends in Springfield for uh, John Engler's wood carving seminar. He has a big event that he does there. I think it's called Carving in the Ozarks or something along those lines. And uh, I'm going to be teaching uh, on carving a face, full face, no beard, no mustache, nothing, just everything exposed. And uh, I'll also be teaching a couple other classes while I'm down there in the area. And so just been drawing references, references, getting my car packed, just trying to get myself in order. Uh, ready for the uh, ready for the big trip? Two weeks, then I'm home for a few days and back out again. So, hmm. basically, it. I've also 
carved. Uh, I think I mentioned maybe that I carved a Bigfoot. I think you mentioned it, Harry and the Henderson. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. But I figured, I feel like I'm not showing anything. So I figured to show you how my goofy my Harry and the Hendersons is. That is so goofy. I love it. I love it. Now, here's the thing. I watched uh, the video on the in your school. Oh, yeah. You told me this. But, but what was amazing to me is, again, hold that up again. Yeah. Because I'm always shocked at the size of your carvings. Yeah, it's tiny. They're so, they're so, they're so tiny. Yeah. I never, uh, I can never really grasp the size. And then I hold up my carvings. Like mine are always just ginormous. But yeah, I that's great. I don't do a lot of big carvings, but uh, I'm in bark occasionally. But no, I like doing the smaller ones. I've been doing a yeah. lot of these, like uh, these little, like quick. They were talked about the warm up carvings, but I just love doing these little, like, that like, like these quick like hour two hours sometimes it takes you know to really get them like this one i mean it's probably taking me a few hours or so i don't know because just to get all the detail I, yeah i love those yeah I, I love doing these though i mean it's so much fun i found a nice beetle in the back of this one hey let me ask you a question yeah those side profiles yeah have you ever carved have you ever carved a full face and then ripped it in half on the bandsaw. Yes. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I thought I thought I was being a genius just now. Yeah, I have, <laughs> and it uh, it looked a little. I tried to carve it so it was thicker. So yeah. when I cut it, it, it would account for the th the the blade, but it didn't. It just, it just kind of felt. Even then, it was just too thin. It was too close to the edge. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I probably should have made it even wider so that when I cut it accounting for that blade but my asian friend i was he came over and i was carving just a white just a white dude and he said uh why don't you carve any asian people and i looked at him and i said i'm right now i'm carving one right now so i started looking at his face and looking at pictures and so i, tur I turned a white man into eh, maybe not asian yet but he's getting there getting close okay not to uh to get you in trouble or anything but like what uh stereotypically nope. is the is the uh the factors that would turn someone asian from like right. how to yeah that's a good question well it, and it's and it's uh it's the easy answer is of course the eyes but it's not just the eyes there's so much more right there's yeah. really a little bit more of a hood going over the eyelid but then there's also i'll say at least in in regard to uh my buddy a forehead that's flatter so his eyes in relationship to his nose bridge and his forehead, his eyes are further out. They come closer to the surface of uh, the, the highest part of his brow ridge and his uh, nasal bridge. And so that was the biggest thing. If you look at this carving, uh, sorry for the visual or for the uh, people listening, but the eyes are pretty close to the surface right there with the bridge of the nose and the forehead. So that was the, that was at least a distinguishing factor on Gabe. Um, and <laughs> The, the nose was also gave his Taiwanese and uh, he has more of that. Like, <clears throat> I guess there are two kind of groups of uh, in Taiwan. I think there's more like um, more Filipino uh, Taiwanese. And then there's the more, you know, like the traditional, like, you know, lived in Taiwan for thousands of years, Taiwanese, and he is that. And so he has a very flat nose. It doesn't come off of his face very far. I mean, it's literally like if you look at our faces, they're the total opposite. Like my my eyes are set in my head, 
Uh, I have a very, my nose projects a whole lot, you know, it does in the angle, (laughs) in the the angle of my uh, fate from here, from my Brit now, I'm trying to say right now down to the, to the base of my face. There's a real big angle here. Like if you were to look up and everything on the, on his face is a lot more forward. Like this part of his face is up here. Anyway, it's just, it's a lot flatter is what I'm trying to say. Why is it? I don't know. You don't have a problem with it. Like, but why is, does it feel wrong to highlight differences in races in today's world where everything has to be politically correct? And I don't see color, but doesn't it feel kind of dirty? Like, well, I take it. I think maybe. Yeah. I think whenever I, when he was in the room, I was like, yeah, I was just noticing things and I was carving and he would ask questions, the same things you're asking. Like, what is it that makes an Asian face? And I just started looking at his face and breaking it down and okay, your forehead comes back a little further. It's a little bit flatter. And I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it was really a fascinating thing to me because, you know, Gabe is a, he's got a really, a really nice looking, he's an attractive looking face. He's a good looking guy, but it's completely different than the average, you know, like, yeah, no, like, for sure. Know, prominent brow ridge that, really you know defined distant bridge uh, coming away from the eyes and the face and uh it was neat actually just to see like you know how much you just take for granted the differences in an asian face and, a, and just yeah. just a german dude you know and so yeah but yeah i guess maybe there is something culturally there i don't know uh, it's just funny because everyone's so afraid to say anything i was watching this yeah. uh ufc commentary yeah and uh when they're talking about the fighters they're saying and well wearing the black trunks is so and so and wearing the yellow trunks is so and so and the and the commentator looked at each other and they said well can we not just say the black man is this and yeah. <laughs> they went to the shorts so one guy's black one guy's white but they had to say yeah. the color of the shorts because they didn't right. want to say he was a black guy and a white guy right it's just so it just feels so funny now like, it is yeah like even sometimes there's a touchiness where you know like you it used to be, i remember growing up you'd say african-american and now it's back to you say black you don't say african-american yeah. and so yeah. when i when i when i go to say oh yeah my my friend uh carnell is black i think oh wait did i say that right and so you have to give it a second thought but the reality is man you know these it's just a difference in ethnicity i mean i think the whole race oh no it's just it's just this political yeah. correctness that everyone's so afraid to say but obvious is obvious right like uh I mean, yeah. you would if you describe me, you just say the guy, the Greek-looking guy with the big nose, you know, and uh, I wouldn't be offended. I mean, I would actually if you said that, but for different reasons. Write that down. <laughs> I'll stop saying. I'll stop saying that very soon. <laughs> but, so anyway, anyway, no, that's fun. Yeah, it's fun because even like the men and women have have differences too even just in the foreheads right? yeah. Like, yeah well women are the same way a lot of times the head from the from the brow where the hair is on your eyebrow to the top of your head where your hairline is that's usually flatter on a woman if you look at a lot of women's faces there's not this angle and this jutting out where it, where the brow ridge comes mm-hmm. out ahead of you know whereas if you look at you know my face it's like it's a it's a big it's a pretty steep angle you know, so I, I always, uh, you know, even when I was doing trim work and, and woodworking and stuff, everywhere you go, you know, you start looking at the trim 
Yeah. Because that's what you do, right? Yeah. And uh, now I'm always looking around, looking at people's faces and looking really? at their heads, and then I'm staring at people and be like, what are you looking at? I'm like, oh, your bone structure above your eyes. I, yeah. I never really imagined there'd be such a lump there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And, uh, Dude, I went through a curse, a curse time where I would see people's faces and I would think of ways to carve them up and change it. And, oh, I could do this to that. And it was like, and as soon as I thought that, I'd try to shake it like, oh, what is going on? You know, I can't post me <laughs> yeah. out, you know? But yeah. yeah. Sophie, Sophie gets mad at me when I'm looking at her going, oh, so that's what uh, the hood of the eye Okay, <laughs> the yeah. bags. It's just stop oh, it, right. stop it. Oh, I, I put cream on that. No, yeah, you're, you're on. Uh, you're on thin. I said I don't mean nothing. I don't mean nothing by it. I'm just yeah. pointing out the obvious. But right, exactly. Anyway, so I, yeah. we totally got sidetracked there. But what, anything else you've been up to? I mean, really, it's just uh, I've been slowing down a little bit on the uh, the uh, daily carves just to get ready for this uh, workshop. But I've just been dreaming about this chair i got a new chair in the shop that it, that's an old chair i bought it when i was 16 or 17 a 16 or 17 year old buying a chair boy it seems like a weird right just a dude walking into a store buying a chair but it was on clearance and it's so comfy and all i do now all day is i dream about sitting in this chair and reading and i have <laughs> zero chance to sit in it yet so i'm excited to be in this chair right now well where was it it was at my parents' house in their basement. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I saw oh. it there and I said, hey, that's my chair. And they said, yeah, you can have it back. And so I, I brought the old green one that I've been, if you see in the other podcasts. Anyway, you know your life is fun when all you got to talk about is a chair. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about my uh, first furniture purchase as a teenager. Yeah. Back in my day was the craze of water beds. No. And uh Yeah. Everybody had to have a water. All my friends had water beds. He did water beds, and yep. you could get like full motion or, or or calmer. Like you could get, depending. On, I don't even know how they made them different, but regardless. So when I was about eighteen, yeah, I was working full time, and I went into the city and I went to this place, Wacky Water Beds, and I laid down like nine hundred dollars on this water bed, and uh, I had to order it. It was going to be in like two or three weeks, and. Uh, Called him up two or two weeks later, no answer. Drove to the store, empty. What? Yeah, they. I bought a water bed and full bedding, and uh, they knew. They took my money. I worked so hard to save my money. They took my money, and uh, they knew they were going to go bankrupt and move out. And the store was gone. Wow! You never got your bed. Never got nothing. That's you remember the name That's, of the business so we can talk badly yeah, about wacky water beds wacky water beds. well that's you know they were destined to fail <laughs> well oh can i ask you yeah. have you ever been my parents used to have a water bed and i couldn't decide i mean like i always liked it as a kid but i can't imagine as an adult laying down in a pool of water and doesn't that seem weird i wouldn't want one now like yeah. I said, they could. There was some way you could buy. I don't know if it's the level that you fill them or they Had the chambers. way that they're made. If they're baffles or chambers or whatever, because you could get some that were firmer. Hmm. But the only the only redeeming thing they had was the heater, crawling into a heated water bed. Like that That's was cool. that was it. 
but uh anyway it was not to be i still ended up getting a different one later on can you see my life oh you did <clears throat> yep but that uh, only lasted it for a couple of years i got rid of it i think when my uh wife got pregnant it was so uncomfortable <laughs> so that was the end of the anyway that's a thing of the past i don't think you could buy one for for any money now that was just a little fad I've never, I've never been, I've never seen a waterbed in a mattress store. I'm reading online. It says your waterbeds became especially popular in the 1980s with one in five Americans owning one. By the time the nineties rolled around, waterbeds had fallen out of popularity because of the, go. that's exact time frame. Yep. Wow. The waterbed yeah. can still be found today, mostly online. Wow. There you go. So this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, be proud of tell this. me more about the uh, <laughs> history of the waterbed. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that like keeps me like occupied. Like you know, when I'm not working, like I loved, I would just go down a waterbed trail, <laughs> a, a popped waterbed trail. Anyway, so yeah, what about uh, what about you, man? What? Uh, well, it's been a good week. It's been a great week. I had, uh, oh, I, I talked, uh, I highlighted uh, my eggplant last week, uh, Bruce Ankeny. Yeah. And I only carved it, but I got him all, all painted up and finished. I love that. My so little, little eggplant. That's awesome. But uh, I did another carving. Uh, went back to, uh, this is going to tie in with my, the very end of the show. So I'll just show you what I carved in just a little. Yeah. Little man, little little flat plane looking fella here. Really nice, yeah, nice clean cuts on that. And then I, a new paint, a new uh, painting technique too. It's kind of fun. But I also uh, did a bark carving. Yeah. And I thought I almost destroyed it, so I did one of these little, uh, not side profile, but looking to the side. But look at the size of that. <laughs> your little your little Sasquatch head. Oh yeah. <laughs> all my carvings are, are always this big and you guys the cute little that's so cute like i want that now but anyway i uh i thought okay there you go he's better looking uh <laughs> hey i thought i would try something different i had them all carved up and uh just to be different i thought i would like to uh age the wood so I have this product, I got it right here. It's called the Eco Wood Treatment. And basically what this is, is a, it's a powder. It mixes into like a gallon, a gallon of water. And uh, say you board and batten your house with pine, you spray this on there and it'll turn it gray, but it also is a preservative. So it's a one-time application, your house or your wood or your birdhouse or whatever, it immediately becomes the gray aged look like the sun bleach look. Hmm. And I thought that'd be really cool to try carving on. So I did that and uh, horrified. <laughs> really? I, was, I was horrified with the results. Why? It, uh, it just looked like it was like a painted with a gray milk. Oh, like too, too monotone, like 
all the same. Kind of yeah, thing. like when I picture the aging, like I, I still want to see the cracks and yeah. the, it just looked like it was painted with gray milk and it was really blah. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. So the next day I woke up and uh, it didn't get any better. So then I took it out and I, uh, I torched it with my little plumber's torch and then I sanded it. So there's no remnant of gray left on it. Yeah. And that's how I got that look just Not with the, the, the burning. And I love it. I yeah. love it now, but I'm fighting the urge to put a, a protector on it. Oh, a clear coat, anything oil or clear coat or anything, yeah. because I think it might take away from it. Well, on uh, that topic, we've never talked about finishes. Like wood finish. Well, let's let's put a pin in it and we'll talk about it because I got one more. Uh, I wrote down what I did this weekend. Yeah. Because uh, did you have a taste of spring weather on the weekend? Man, just enough to get me wearing my t-shirt, and then the next day, bam, right back to the cold. Oh, it's a snowstorm today. Yeah. Well, actually, we had we had we had rain turned to hail turned to snow. Yep. All in today. But yesterday we had the warmest day. It was fantastic, except for the fact that the wind gusts from 80 to 90 kilometers an hour, which was crazy. But we got up and I thought, what better uh, thing to do today than let's go to the beach. Nice warm day. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we went to the beach. If you were to follow my uh, Instagram stories, you would see that uh, it was fantastic. I was so happy I went because there was just a layer of uh crushed ice on top of the water and the waves with that wind it was crashing and throwing bits of ice over onto these banks and we were walking on these banks and getting hit with pieces of little ice and uh, it was just a great day sounds scary to, you like getting hit by small pieces of ice it was just the cool the cool factor I, I took all kinds of little videos that I, I don't know what I'll ever do with but yeah but uh, anyway yeah so but regardless there was enough uh, beach there that uh, I picked up some a couple pieces of driftwood that I may tackle Thank and uh, do some carving. And of course, Sophie, uh, I always say my wife, and I like it too, for some reason, we could, with our crazy brains, for some reason, we could sit on top of a pile of stones and just look for little, uh, we call sea glass, you know, like a softened glass. Yep. Let's, you know, like, like it's been in a rock tumbler and we've got jars of it and uh, it's just something we do. And we just sit there and just pick through. It's just so much fun. But uh, anyway, great day. Gone to the beach in March. So, wow. yeah. But uh, what else that we did together, we did, we made a promo video trying to, uh, to get some more traction on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we made videos and put them out on our individual YouTube channels. So hopefully if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome. And uh, yeah, if you like it, share it with your friends and uh, let's get, uh, get some momentum going. But uh, anyway, my little promo video on my channel is uh, probably the least viewed video in the history of my channel. <laughs> <laughs> they just saw, we have a podcast and said, no, <laughs> not interested. <laughs> eh. But regardless, uh, we picked up some uh, some new uh, listeners, so uh, we're happy for that. Yeah, welcome, welcome all. So that's about. Uh, I can't think of anything much else. But uh, you yeah. want to talk about some uh, some finishes? So, like I said on this one, I I'm all over the board all the time. Every 
bark, especially with the bark. I never know what I uh, what direction I'm going to go. And sometimes I'm so happy with the carving, and then I put the finish on it, and then I'm sad. Because sometimes the bark has such grain to it. Sometimes it looks better just with the light sanding. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all the details, all the hair, all the wrinkles that you've carved, and the sanding just kind of highlights perfectly. Yep. Then I'll put an oil on it. Oil will suck in. Yeah. And then it, everything blends with the grain. And nothing is highlighted anymore. So I've been trying different things. And I, I do paint them, too. Yep. And uh, antique them, paint them. I'll never uh, try to antique them with that antiquing solution again. But uh, yeah, what do you what do you put on yours? Because I know you've done the burning trick before. Yeah, well, I talked back in what I don't know episode what is it nineteen or twenty maybe uh, maybe a little sooner than that, but more recent than that. But I did this giant sign and I four by six foot and I burned the whole thing. And uh, that's a way of protecting it, sealing it, but it also kind of looks neat. It takes the grain and makes it um, the harder grain to kind of stays intact and the softer winter or the summer spring growth rings, they kind of recede a little bit if you brush it. And so I, I just kind of got a little bit of that like grain effect. And so that's one way of going, uh, you know, it's just burning with a torch. You can use a, you know, you could just use a, a regular, what a, not a propane torch, but an acetylene torch, are they? What do they call it? Well, acetylene torch, you blow your work to pieces. You well, just blast. Torch, uh, uh, a welding torch, I'm sorry. A, uh, yeah, no, I just use the plumber's propane setup. Oh, it is propane. Okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah, don't take your welding acetylene torch and. Uh, don't do it. You'll you'll blow a hole in it so fast. I use my TIG welder when no, I. You don't. Yeah, I use my TIG welder to burn. I'll run a bead right across. I, run, I cover the whole thing in beads. And uh, that's one way of doing it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell me more. Well, when I'm done, I throw in the trash. I... <laughs> anyway, you know what a TIG welder is? Yeah, I know. I know MIG. I know TIG. I know JIG. Oh, big, big rig. But that's uh, what's what's the Japanese name for that? Sugiban or su- Sugiban or we shouldn't even try Sugiban. Yeah, that's the old way of uh, of uh, even setting fence posts too. Yeah, when you, when you put a fence post in the dirt. Yeah, right. Nowadays, nowadays they just kind of paint, dip them in creosote or use motor oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, that was uh, that was a thing. Well, that was better, really. Well, I was telling you, Sean, uh, Sean James, uh, he's done his basement now like that, but he also did his roof on his last cabin. His basement. What do you mean? His basement? I I shouldn't say, I think he still used some, uh, some kind of a a treatment, but, uh, he did that just for the the preservation of it. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's a wood, a wood basement. I think he still put a, a a barrier on it, Okay. but just in general. uh, Yeah. Interesting. But I was going to go ahead. You have you first. Well, no, you're saying uh, finishes for the bark. So we'll talk about keep talking about bark. Yeah. But uh, do you use a uh, wax or oil or anything like that or yeah, bean I've, wax? I've, yeah, I've kind of returned to. Um, I mentioned it, I think, before the shoe cream. It's backwards. Mm. It's a uh, terrigo. That's right. 
it's expensive, but it's really mild. And you almost can't tell. I'll show you the difference. You almost can't tell. <laughs> How about that? You can't even tell the difference. Can't tell the difference. But that's, guess which one's clear-coated? Which one is it? Oh, I think that's great. I like that idea. Yeah. So huh. that's the shoe cream is the, the one uh, you know, on one side. And for those listening, it's it's not much different. It's very no. Mild. It offers a little protection, though. It still kind of has a waxy feel. You know, it's not as much protection as like a clear coat, but, uh, you know, some hardening finish, surface hardening finish. But. I, I like I like the idea of having something on it because even the bear, like you put your greasy nose on there, you're going to have a little oil mark on that nice wood. Yeah. Right. Or little dirty fingers. Yeah. Sorry for the uh, audio listeners, but uh, Alec is making a fool of himself. On <laughs> <laughs> well, no one watches this, so that's a good. It's good that it's just you and I here. I'd be I had a. Uh, I'm kind of turned off of the. Uh, I used to use the Minwax paste wax, and I don't know what happened to my my wax. But the last time I tried to do it, it was almost like a like grainy sand or i don't think it was cold maybe it's old but i really really had to work it and use it and i wasn't happy with it so but on the on the other hand uh, other times i've used oils even the feed wax and again they don't coat they penetrate and then darkens it and i'm working with a dark bark already so my faces get really dark when i when the oil soaks in so i like that shoe cream yeah Again, it's expensive, but uh, I think it was twenty, fifteen, or twenty dollars for this little tiny. Uh, wow! But I, you know, I still do use a clear coat on carvings where that's requested. A lot of times, people will request a clear coat. Uh, and yeah. I, use a, I use a lacquer, but more and more, I've turned to just like poly matte or semi or satin. Yeah. Poly works fine. Yeah, yeah, I have that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the only the only thing is, I always pictured when I when I went and bought when I bought I bought like two or three cans to spray, and I thought you're getting this acrylic that it wouldn't smell. It smells. Oh yeah. Smells bad. Strong. So very strong. strong. So not uh, not a not a in the house spray. No. No, and you're right. They do kind of talk about lacquer being stinky, but that stuff is just as bad. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like a water-based, like latexy smell, but I guess it's acrylic, and uh, they got to have something in it to make it dry faster or something, maybe. Yep. But, yep. but you know, I mean, I've sold a lot of carvings, uh, a lot of dry bark carvings without clear coat. You know, my younger years, and um, they'll hold up. They'll discolor though, for sure. I mean, the bark is fairly stable. It doesn't. I've never had a carving crack because of you know, changes in humidity, anything like that. Um, I mean, if you left a carving outside without finish really quickly, it'll end up cracking within a few months or a couple of months, but otherwise, you know, it's a stable material for the most part. So that helps. It makes it a lot easier knowing that, you know, it's not going to blow up on you. Uh, but yeah, you need to put some protection on it if you want it to stay the same color. Yeah. So the, so the clear coat, the satin water-based clear coat, uh, you know, polyurethane is great. Uh, lacquer's good. It's killing brain cells, but I like the lacquers. Yeah. So that's it. Eh? That's what happened. That's what happens for me. I like the. Which lacquer? Well, I used to. Uh, you talk about changing color. So on my little basswood fellas, 
I used to always uh, coat them with linseed oil yep. before I painted them. Yeah. Nice smooth. But what I really enjoyed was not having to paint flesh tone with the uh, with the oil because it would just it'd be a natural flesh color with mm -hmm. linseed oil. Problem is down the road, so you see a guy like this, down the road, they would age and go really yellow. Oh. Like yucky yellow. See how that turned yellow? Yeah. And that's the aging of the linseed oil. Yeah. So I tried something. Uh, well, I'll give I'll give uh, Bruce. I know he's not the only one that does that, but uh, Bruce Ankeny, when I did my my eggplant, he just wet his wood and painted it wet. Hmm. Like he sprayed it wet and then painted it wet, and then uh, it worked great. And uh, then I just put the the feed and wax on it. You're giggling over there. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. It's, no, I'm not. So anyway, I did the same thing with this guy, and I'm I'm super pleased with it, and I don't think I have to worry about it yellowing at all. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that might be my new uh, my new paint technique for the little basswood guys. What do you use on your big basswood things? Oh, see, I haven't uh, I haven't quite figured out what to do with the big basswood carvings. I I still go with the clear coat. I do the Ian Norbury thing where you you put it on, and then you take a you have two extra brushes with me. You use the towel to wipe it off first and then you get the rest of the excess off the little crooks and crannies with the brush and then maybe you have an extra brush because after you know on a big carving that first dry brush is going to fill up then you got to use your second dry brush to get all the excess we and don't know what you're what you're putting on though it, you know any any you can use uh any like water-based or oil-based finish you can do this uh technique with you can do it with a uh with, with a polyurethane you can do it with a uh with a a lacquer. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You just have to do it really quickly if you're doing lacquer because lacquer hardens more quickly. So you just put, you know, for instance, like a polyurethane on and that does the job. Hmm. Take it off with the towel right away. Because the thing is, you don't want it to, with basswood, you don't want it to look like there's a layer of shiny stuff on there. It looks bad. Hate shiny. Hate shiny. Yeah. Yep. Not a fan. But uh, there's still a lot to be learn from finish if you look at somebody like bruno wolpoth um he does a lot of painting but it's not like the kind of painting that necessarily flatters the carving it's painting that just shows off the details like he'll paint a face white um you know if i just i mean i'll show you what, what i'm talking about for those who are watching but uh he'll literally just take you know some paint you know right before he's finished and then he'll carve off the excess uh, or, or just carve off little bits here and there to create this sort of uh, effect of uh, kind of like it looks aged or weathered. And uh, it's really, really cool. Well, yeah. it's not far off from the same idea as, as doing doing this yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. Because this 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 was totally burnt black. Yep. And and I removed the wood. To, so, so there you go. Yeah, but that's a that's a little bit more uh, artsy, like blotchy, like uh, yeah. I'll just leave yeah. some, see if it'll adjust. That's uh, Ian Norbury, you say? This is Wolpoth. Oh, Wolpoth. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Like he he will do like the headband or something, or like a token piece. He'll do some color, and he actually has a little bit of neutral pink on his on her lips too. If you look really closely, yeah, and a little bit on. But the audio can't look so. <laughs> yeah yeah so on the on you know on the bruno work it's he does uses a tiny touch of like 
of skin color on the lips, maybe a little bit of color on the eyes, but mostly it's just, you see the wood and then it just little touches of, of it's almost like dry brush paint. So, but you like that? Yeah, I've tried it once and uh, it, it's funny cause I brought it to a wood carving competition and it's it just, I mean, it didn't go over well. People thought, oh, it just looks unfinished. And yeah. one person who knew about Bruno came up to me afterwards and said, I knew what you were going for. I knew this was a Bruno. I'm the one that convinced them to place you at all. They were just going to throw this out. And so, uh, so I don't know. It's not a crowd pleaser, but I, I kind of think it's fun. Yeah. But, well, I've tried it in the past. I've tried all different things. I also like to use a, a Clapman's salad bowl finish, which is just oh. a, a paste wax as well. That's a good idea. And, uh, and again, that with that you can uh, you can lick it and eat it if you want to chew on your carving. It's it's uh, food safe. Ever think you know, about like how much carving like you've consumed? Ever think about how much dust you've just eaten over the years? I've eaten a lot of dust. This carving is nothing to my past life in the trim world. Well, yeah. I quit trim trim carpentry when uh, MDF became super popular. Oh. because uh when i started trim work it was still everything was mahogany yeah and then it started going to uh to pines and then pine became figure jointed pine then they brought in some poplar for paint grades so now we switched from the the like oak was reserved for uh fancier houses really like the bigger houses but the uh the, the knock them up houses were, were mahogany then they went to pine and finger joint pine they, some some used poplar for a painted trim but the uh, finger joint started really taking over because all trim became painted from that point on. You rarely did you have stained trim in your house. Yeah. And then everything went to uh, MDF, which is just yeah. pressed sawdust. Well, yeah. when you cut all your miters and all your baseboard and all, the, there's just a haze mm -hmm. of this MDF dust. And we never wore masks. Nobody wore masks back then. And uh, that was, every, you'd go home and blow your nose cough it up and it was just every day day after day and like wow we're done with this yep. horrible stuff and and the trim the trade itself really kind of went to went to pot too because there's no these these new trimmers they couldn't make an oak miter to save their life on a the door they just like cock it painter will fix it painter will fix it and uh yeah anyway i got out with a good time because uh that's gross that's terrible no, yeah, it's, everything's painted and the work probably goes down. Yeah, Cock, caulking covers a multitude of sins, yes. Yeah, but uh, I've never, uh, I've never, you know, loved the part about carving where you have to get sandpaper out, especially not the burrs. And I've avoided the burrs as much as possible because they are the worst. I mean, you get as far as dust goes, I mean, you, throw, you just, Nothing is worse than stone carving, though. The the Dremel and the uh, you know the carbide cutting tools just throw this fine yep. dust that wants to turn back into stone chemically. It wants to re come back together, and when and there's a chemical reaction that happens when it mixes with water, it gets hot, and then it wants to bind to itself, and it does that in your freaking body, in your lungs, and your skin, and <laughs> it's like trying to become a rock in your body. That sounds like uh, yeah. When you used to do uh, drywall, when you take the little uh, the tool to cut out around the uh, the light fixtures, electrical boxes, that same gypsum dust. Yeah, a gypsum. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's nasty. 
That's that. You know, the dirtiest job I ever did was uh, back in uh, high school, we used to uh, catch chickens. Now, these uh, chickens would be free range on the floor. Mind you, they're shoulder to shoulder, but like tens of thousands of chickens. But yeah. they'd, be on a, they'd be on a bed of sawdust. Mm-hmm. So you'd go in at night and the lights would be super low and you'd just be in there grabbing them. Of course, they're flapping and flapping, but there's like 30,000 birds flapping on the sawdust and, oh, and the ammonia. It, oh, it was a horrible job. But talk about dust, though. Yikes. You just got oh, full of it. But that's a that's an uh, aside. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, is it time? Time for... Uh, what what is it time for there, Alec? He's gonna say media. It's mailbag. <laughs> mailbag. Mailbag. There, nailed it. Nailed that one. <laughs> Stretch it out this way. This way, we can never mess it up. We have uh, a couple of doozies here. Some good ones. Um, somebody commented says that our Spotify is now up as a uh, video, so Spotify now shows our podcast as a video. If you want to nice. watch on there, you can. You can see. Is that uh, that's the new thing? Faces. Yeah, it is. It's a new thing because we applied for it a couple of weeks ago, and eventually it happened. So. Well, it didn't go on immediately, so it's just new. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, yeah. I don't use Spotify. I've never, I've never gone on there. Yeah, I should. It's great. It's great. No, I, I like it. Um, this one's from Brian. It says, "Hello, Alec and Doge. Thank you for sharing your skills, craft, and passion for carving." Uh, he talks about how he got into carving, dog, and and Gene, and he's uh, he's got a, a topic suggestion asking about um, settling into the current forms of carving, like for instance, figurines, split logs, flat relief. He says he finds himself trying to push the boundaries of what he knows and uh, what he can learn from each form. But after 18 projects, he feels like he's all over the map. <laughs> Go through a similar process. And uh, he shows us a few pieces uh, in order to show kind of his progression. And uh, yeah. what's his name? His name is Brian. Brian, you and me. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, <clears throat> tried, like, so on the on the weekend, the International Association of Woodcarvers, the guest on there was saying that how he admires people yeah. that they can look at their work and say, "Oh, that's that's Alex's work," or "or that's John's work," or you just see it and you know. For me, I don't have a clue who I am or where I'm going. I dabble in something different every few months, it seems. Yeah. And uh, I haven't, I haven't found my group yet after uh, what, six years. Oh, I get it. I've done, I've done chainsaw carving. I've done flat plane. I've done the regular carving. Now I'm doing the bark. Like, yep. Where yeah. would I, I think, well, we've talked about this in the past too. And for me, I think I do have to settle. Like I really, I got to put that chainsaw area out of my life. Yeah. The power carving, I don't really have the great interest, but I think for me, I'm going to try 
but it's it's our ADHD brain too that you just can't stick with something. But I love the bark carvings, and that's that's kind of my favorite thing right now. But people tend not to like watching it on YouTube as much as these little guys. And I like these little guys just as much. So I think I'm going to stick with little guys and bark only. Mm-hmm. But that could change. Right. That could change very quickly because I, I just said I just went to pick up driftwood to curve. There <laughs> so, you go. Yeah. But yeah, to find uh, to find your groove, it's uh, it could be a life lifelong process. Yeah. Or I, like yeah, I, and it would be a lifelong process. Or processed. Yeah, depending on your nationality. But uh, yeah, I too, I envy people who uh, who can really stick to something. Like you, you're you're pretty streamlined. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I would say that. Sometimes too streamlined. I, I like uh, I kind of have a comfort zone that I've stuck to for a long time. And, you know, it took people going, hey, why don't you carve this? Or why don't you carve that for me to go? Yeah, why don't I? And then I'll just spend, you know, a few weeks just doing only that one thing. And and uh, but no, lately it's been it's been kind of uh, sticking to a similar kind of format. Usually it's bark. And if it is anything else, it's usually a full life size uh, heads, basswood, butternut, cedar, um, walnut. But mostly those are just passion projects that I noodle on every once in a while. Uh, yeah, the main the main thing for me, the bread and butter is definitely the the small faces and bark. That's definitely uh, w- one of the things I like to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I messed with stone carving for a little while. I I thought I was gonna I was doing more stone than wood for I don't know a year or so, a year or two, and uh, and I thought I was gonna become a stone carver. And, uh, one day maybe I'll return to it, but it's more of a summer activity and it's, uh, like I mentioned, just very dusty. So yeah, yeah. One day I'll return back to it, but, but even in, even in each individual area, there are sub subcategories too. Like when I talked about, uh, like a little man, the character man, like it could flat plane. Then you're dealing with knife only, yeah. or if other carving, you're dealing with a multitude multitude of tools, yeah. But with the same size carving, it's just yeah. a different style. So the styles, and I would love to pick a style and stick with it, but I can't. Yeah. I just can't. I I I go back and forth because I if I could be anything, I would be a straight flat plane carver. But I like regular eyes too yeah and and i have not figured out the the perfect technique for knife only eyes that i really like so that's when i like to get out the gouges and make the eyes so but hey life's a journey why not try stuff i guess true yeah he also asks if um we have any difficult areas we've had this question before but he's just wondering uh how we try to uh, face difficult parts or features that we're trying to master for him it's carving eyes yeah that's probably probably him and everybody else yeah oh yeah Yeah. eyes are are always a struggle but i think we just talked about this in the last two episodes or so but i said i kind of i kind of really honed my eyes not that i i haven't achieved or arrived anywhere but i've gotten better by doing uh bigger projects 
I think I mentioned that, that the, the bigger projects let you really dial in the eyes and that's easier to take it smaller. Right. So for me, it's, well, it's, it's still getting the depths. Yeah. It's still just getting, the right. it's still getting the, <clears throat> I mean, I still, I still look at carving sometimes and go, yeah, I mean, I didn't quite take the time I should have to get the eyebrow separated from the face or, you know, the, there's just little things. It's like knowing when to say enough and you, and then you don't want to, you don't want to go too quick. You don't want to ship it too early. So, yeah, I mean, there's just a fine line and you want to be proud of your work. So sometimes it takes longer than uh, you want it to, but. I have carvings here that I did three weeks ago that I want to redo already. Yeah. Just for subtle little things that I've picked up or learned from somebody else. And like, oh, now I, that's all I see when I look at that carving. And like I said, only three weeks or a month ago. Yeah. Not that long. It's just a little subtle little change or the the bag sucked in a little more, you know, like just little things. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and that's why when people ask what my favorite carving is that I've done, I always say it's yet to be because I haven't made anything that's my favorite yet. So uh, Zed, the Zed Z conversation was addressed here by Edgar Brown. He says the term Zed is used so that the letter in the alphabet is not confused with the third letter, C. Yes, and I was right. I, had, I was convicted on that we say Zed until I sang it. Hmm. Really? W, X, Y, and Z. That's how you sing it. You don't say W, X, Y, Z. Right. It doesn't, this something, but I, I knew I said Zed. Yeah. But then when I sang it, I'm like, oh, I guess we do say it like that. So, yes, thank you. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm validated. Yep. We don't use it in the States. However, uh, it's popular in other, in other countries. So, um, it's the, uh, the, the, the proper English way, the British and Canadians. Right. Yeah, exactly. People, the people who know how to speak proper. Yeah. Um, Stan has a nice uh, message for us about what he learned. Um, the uh, FlexCut tool exchanger. Um, anyway, he just says we make a great team and thanks to us both. So that's a nice little comment. Thanks, Stan. Stan is a, uh, he's been uh, around for a while. I like Stan. He's a nice Stan's, a, Stan's a good fella. Now, the FlexCut exchanger, mm-hmm. I'm still sitting on that video. Oh, really? Yeah, I have to. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna put some little addendums in it. I think I'm gonna refilm and add some little bits in it because I watched it. I liked the video, but I just uh, there was something that didn't sit right, and I think it was the fact that I hadn't used it yet. Hmm. And I'm talking about like nobody likes a box opening, right? So uh, I think I'm going to uh, now that I've used it for a couple of weeks. I think I'm going to uh, just add to it and. Uh, you know, show show uh, my my actual thoughts on the carving process. Oh yeah, no, that's we're true. using it. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, I did. Uh, there's an unboxing video, and there's no like. And how is it? You want the review? Yeah, but now I've added a, a roll, tool roll for it. Mm. So you can see for the listeners, it's the pouch that I bought at FlexCut makes it. I wasn't going to buy one. I was going to make one, but then it was so cheap. I just had to buy it because it wasn't worth making. But uh, even my big handle, of course, I, uh, I made it my own. Yep. I, uh, I sanded all the planes. I made it uh, faceted planes on it and uh, 
took all the varnish off it and oiled it. So now it's uh, now it's mine. Nice. So I always have to uh, make things mine. So I'm st- I'm using it. To, uh, I'm actually when I'm doing the basket carvings, this is what I'm using, and I, I, I haven't found a problem with it. Great. No. Um, so someone has a question for you, Doug, and it's about one of your videos. So I don't know. Oh no, Doug doesn't like this. This is uh you're creeping in the back door here. Oh no, it's this is about the Doug and Alex show. Go ahead. Yeah. We'll asking... let them pass this time. Yeah, they're asking about the leprechaun bark carving. If they use a, a different style, uh, if you use a different style of knife for the eyes. Oh, you know the answer to this. I think you just want to get praised again. <laughs> This is this is that skewed knife that if we could buy a thousand of them, we would uh, yeah. we would definitely definitely uh, buy them and, and resell them because yeah. this is one that I was coveting from Alec, yeah. and he happened upon one and found it. This story I've said this story so many times now. Yeah, yeah. He found one in, in an old stock in a store, and uh, him him and the another subscriber viewer bought it for me and sent it to me. So I was very appreciative. Yeah. I think it's the last time I'm going to publicly thank them for this, but uh, I love it. I love it. But there's a few variations. Like they still make one that's uh, similar, but not as good, mm-hmm. not as good as this one. I love this one. This is uh this is it. So yeah, sorry to say it's uh they don't make it anymore. So maybe for you, lobby them they'll uh, bring it back yeah. because a lot of people would buy it i'm sure yeah that's so so sweet so that's uh that's that oh wait so there's a second question and what type of oh what other types what type of applications do you use it for okay so if there's other applications i think that's what's he, what he's wondering well you take that you take that one yeah i'll take it i use it a lot for uh scooping too like i'll uh Something about the shape of it, it allows it allows your hand to stay away. Well, I know why. It's because it's angled. So it's a skewed knife blade. So if y'all were using a straight blade, my knuckles would be right in line with that blade. And I couldn't as easily get in there uh, if I'm doing a relief carving because my hand would bump up against the mount or the table or whatever it's backed against. But yeah. because it's a skewed knife, I can use my hand and I can scoop and I can articulate it and do things like, you know, dance around the wood without having to worry about busting my knuckles. On your, on your school videos, you use that thing like a knife all the time too. Like it's a, it's a pretty handy, uh, handy tool to have. It is. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. So that concludes this portion of the day. And... <sighs> <laughs> there's our copyright right there <laughs> i wrote that so there's no there's no issue at all okay uh, i call it uh uh jake's bird and anyway so that being said i uh I uh, want to introduce the media hour. It's the time of the day or week where we talk about what we've been listening to, what we've been taking in, maybe what we've been watching, reading. Yeah, 
So what do we got, Doge? Well, I am very excited. And this is what I alluded to earlier with my little man again. Hmm. Uh, I got on a kick with uh, my one. Okay. When I think of uh, my carving, uh, people I look to who got me carving. Yeah. Gene Messer, always on top. Gene Messer. Yep. Second, Harley Refsell. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love Harley Refsell. He's like the the uh, the flat plane man. He's written books. He teaches. He he's great. But anyway, uh, I was given uh, Blake and Tom sent me a link to a new video of uh, Harley Refsell, hmm. and uh, it's it's half an hour, and it's just talk, him talking, explaining. It's fantastic. Huh. What a what a likable guy. Hmm. But uh, that is on the YouTube channel Postcards. It's a it's Pioneer PBS postcards, and it's Harley Refsal Refsal R E F S A L. It's a little half hour documentary storytelling, uh, just about the uh, the craft, and uh, it's really good, really good. And like I said, Harley, of course, I, I, you always enjoy things when you when you love the uh, subject, and he's a uh, he's right up there, and I love his work and his uh, simple simple approach and teaching. So, yep, that's what I got. He's so, so good. Well, I'm going to talk about my, uh, my featured artist. Uh, he's a chainsaw carver. Uh, speaking of things that you don't want to do, but admire. Same thing with me. I would love to be a chainsaw carver in a different life, but I dig his work a lot. Uh, his name is Michael Jones. And oh. I, I follow, I've been following, I don't know where I heard about him, but I have always really liked the, he's a, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, he's a younger dude. And he does some incredible, like we're talking wow. full scale giraffe, giraffe here and yep. maybe giraffe out of a, lo- a single log. And he does, and he paints the whole thing and it's awesome. Wow. That's so, really good. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how he does it, but, and he's really good at carving dogs, uh, believe it or not, despite his uh, handle uh, man and his dog carvings is his handle. But he does a really good job with his dog. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're checking out. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can't be any older than I don't know, 40 or 35 or something. And uh, he's just super good. And I'm pretty sure it's his full time job. So, oh yeah, this is him. I think this is him. Young guy. Anyway, for those listening, sorry, he's a young dude on the, uh, the shorter dude here. Well, that's Michael Jones. Where are you? Where are you catching him? Yeah, this is on Instagram, and it's man and his dog carvings so singular dog man and his dog carvings nice now tell me how is your uh dark dog carving ability um i'm trying to think if i've ever carved uh i did one dog and it was a struggle but i was lucky because i had a real live model that posed for me he was really well behaved even when the power tools are on he got used to me it took him a while but we actually had to train this dog to, to come near me with the power tool. So the owner of the home was carving at the, 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 in, her, in her tree in the backyard. She'd bring the, the dog around while I was doing other things, auxiliary parts of the tree, because there were other elements. And at first, you know, she would run away. But then after a while, she'd just kind of get bored and lay down nearby. And finally, she sat right next to me under a tree limb. And, uh, and I was able to use her as a reference. She sat there for hours. I mean, at least... Wow. Two hours. So, my uh, my Finnegan, 
yeah. is the most obedient dog. He's the best buddy dog I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. He's always glued to my side. Hmm. When I pick up my chainsaw, he is an instant rebellion and will not do anything I say. He cannot be near that chainsaw. We go to the bush. He's all excited. We're going for a walk in the bush. Yeah. And then I grab my chainsaw and he will not leave the truck. He'll sit right beside the truck when I go into the bush. And, yeah. Or if I, if I if I trick him and I start the chainsaw when we're in the bush, he'll run right back to the truck and sit at the truck. He doesn't want anything to do with the tools. Hmm. So, Have you tried uh, an electric chainsaw? Well, you wouldn't, a battery one. I have a, I have an electric and a battery one, I, but that's, I don't need him to be with me in the, ba- in the workshop. Yeah. Right. But uh, when I go for, when I go in the bush, he's just like, I, he won't, I'll yell and holler and scream and he, no way. Nope. Nope. Not coming near you. Not coming well, near you. So it yeah. might hurt his ears to be honest, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's his. Yeah. So that's how we're going to uh, close episode 26. Yeah. <laughs> this one we'll call it Doug's dog's ears hurt. Episode 26. There you go. <laughs> they have to listen to the whole thing to find why we titled it that. That's right. So there you go. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us for this hour. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, be back next week with uh, maybe a treat. Maybe not. Never know. Could be a surprise. Or a a good girl. You'll get a treat. Maybe so. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next week. You're a great boy and girl. Don't don't worry. I've already approved of you. So take your vitamins. (laughs) 